Good morning, good morning Rabotai. Welcome to Breakfast in the Class. So wonderful to see uh, new faces from all around the world joining us. May Hashem banish the Delta variant, Yemach Shema, uh, and all the other variants that want to come in here. Hashem should bless us that uh, our borders, even if they can't keep uh, the wrong people out, at least it should keep out the variants. Be'ezrat uh, Hashem, we should be zocheh in the coming, in the coming uh, year to a year of health, of happiness, Amen. of no masks, of, uh, of uh, success, of open businesses, of, uh, of manageable housing prices, <laughs> and all the good things, and all the good things that we need. Okay, the Pasuk tells us, Banim atem l'ashem elokechem. You are children to Hashem your God. There's a mitzvah in the Torah, a mitzvah lotase, which tells us that when a person suffers a terrible, uh, a terrible downfall, about a big problem, then they're not allowed to mourn excessively. Now, there's different ways people uh, mourn or think about the people that have passed away in their life. And it reminds me of the people today who've dedicated the class it's dedicated loving memory, Lulu Nishmat Hacham Rav Yehuda Moshe Fataya Ben Hana, sponsored by Yossi Levi, and dedicated loving memory of Amy Heber Alea Shalom, Lulu Nishmat Gitel Bracha Bat Alta Alea Shalom, an amazing mother, wife, daughter, and friend. During the week of Razkara, we love you and miss you, Jimmy and Nathan Haber. Look, this is the way the Jewish people commemorate and think about the people that they lost. But there's people who go into such a destructive, into a negative, into a horrible place, a dark place, after they suffer losses. Says the Pasuk, you're the children of God. Don't tear your flesh. There were people who would scratch their flesh, they would pull out their hair. Don't make a bald spot by pulling your hair out. Don't scratch. Why? Because you're children of Hashem. And the question is, what is the connection between the fact that you're God's children and this that Hashem is telling you? So it's interesting. Rashi says something very uh, interesting. And he gives us a first kind of look at this concept, at this idea. And the first look is, Since you're the children of Hashem, it behooves you, it's appropriate that you should look nice, you should look good. Not torn apart, not with your hair ripped out. You're the children, you're princes. The prince has an obligation to respect the king, to represent the king, and therefore we always need to walk around, we need to look the part, we need to look royal, because that is the honor that we give to Borei Olam. By the way, Rabotai, I don't know if I, you ever think about this until you see a Rashi like this. Person has an obligation to look nice. Think about that. Take care of your skin. Right? Don't get too much acne if you can help it. Right? Make sure your hair is brushed. You can't look like a person who's a schlump, who looks terrible. You can't be overweight. Why? Look at Rashi. You're supposed to look nice. Your clothing shouldn't be crumpled up. You should have stains everywhere, right? You're representing. That's the first step of this idea. I'm not telling you right now that uh, your nose job 
is going to be a, a, a tax-deductible expense in Judaism, right? You can't take, uh, you can't take the nose job from Maaser and say, look, I, you had rabbis said you got you to gotta look good, right? I think you look good with your Jewish nose. In fact, it, keep, it lets everyone know you're Jewish. Hazaku Baruch, okay? However, Rashi then gives us a glimpse into something that I think is much deeper. And let's take a look at this idea. You know, when Miriam and Aharon, when they spoke against Moshe Rabbeinu, Sa'akadosh Baruch Hu said, Madu'a lo yaretem ledaber be'abdi be'moshe. How were you not afraid? How were you not in awe to speak about my servant, about my Evid Moshe? My, the servant of God, which is Moses, which is Moshe Rabbeinu. How, could you, how did you not tremble before opening your mouth against him? Now listen to the words of Rashi in that place. And it's going to teach us an unbelievable lesson. Um, Rashi says, Mishum shehu avdi, because he's my servant, ve'eved melech, melech. The servant of a king is in some ways also the king. Ve'en melech o'avo hinam. And the king, he doesn't love his servant, his worker, Hinam, for no reason. Now I want to delve into this with you a little bit. Let's say as an example, the king sent uh, uh, one of his representatives to come to the synagogue. And you know what, we don't particularly like the king. Um, this is not a political commentary on the president of the United States. I'm just giving an example. If the king would send his emissary here and he opens up his, uh, you know, his parchment paper and he says, hear ye, hear ye. And 10 guys jumped on him and they cut the guy's head off. Not that that happens in our synagogue. I'm just saying, imagine. You know what happened? The king would dispatch his soldiers. He would burn the synagogue to the ground because it would be the ultimate act of rebellion. The Evid of the Melech represents the king himself. So God says to Miriam and Aharon, Moshe is my servant. How could you speak Lashon Hara about my servant? The servant of a king is a king. And if I love him, and if I have a connection with him, there's a reason. En ha-melech o-havo hinam. The king doesn't uh, love him for nothing. Now, I want to talk about what that looks like in today's, in today's day and age. You know, um, we know that in the Torah, we have a very specific uh, nation against which we have an eternal war. And that nation is the nation of Amalek. And God declares war on these people forever and ever because they are a people who've done what? Now take a look. What did Amalek do that bothered God so much? Vayizanev Becha Simon, exactly. They attacked the weak ones. Rashi tells us who are the weak ones with the guy that was a skinny guy. You know, the guy who was wearing skinny jeans? Who did they attack? Right? They attacked, says Rashi, the ones that were left behind. Am Yisrael was traveling in the, uh, in the Ananea Kavod, but there were people who had sinned. There were people who had done uh, mistakes. They didn't averot. So in that time, the people who had sinned, they didn't do the right thing. They were sent outside the camp until they kind of fixed their deeds. Like a mitzorah, they were outside the camp. So who did Amalek attack? They attacked they attacked the weakest Jews. They attacked the Jews that were weakest in mitzvot, in Torah. They attacked the Rishaim of the Jewish people. On those people, God says, I declare an eternal war against them. Now think about it. 
God never declared a war against Sichon, against Og that come to attack the Jews. Doesn't declare war against them. God doesn't declare war against Bil'am, against Midian, against Moab. Nobody. The only nation that God has an eternal bone to pick is with Amalekim. You know why? Because you attacked, you attacked my Rishayim. You attacked the weakest of the Jews. When you attack a strong person, at least he can defend himself. When you attack someone who has, you know, uh, weapons, you know, when you attack a civilian, you attack someone that doesn't have a gun, he can't fight back, that's a war crime, that's terrible. My friends, listen to this. Our rabbis tell us that every time you find the word am, ayin, mem in the Torah, it represents the Jewish people at their lowest state. Like the Pasuk says, when the Jewish people were sinning with the golden calf, Vayakhel Ha'amel Aharon, the nation, the Amcha, the Erevrav, they came to Aharon and they told him, build us a golden calf. Right? The Pasuk says, Vayakhel Ha'am Liznot, and the people began to be uh, immoral with the daughters of Midian. You see, the word Am also means, again, the Jewish people when they're in their weakest state, when they're not doing the right thing. God tells Moshe, Lech red, go down from Har Sinai, ki shichet amecha, your people. Again, uses the word am. Every time we find the word am, am means the Jews in their weakest state. Rabotai, now we get what Bil'am says about God. God, Bil'am mentions, he says, af chovev amim. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he even loves, he prefers, he, he delights in the weak Am Yisrael in its, in, its, in its tragic state. Am Yisrael as it's the people who have made its mistakes. God loves even that. And you know why? We go back now to our Pasuk. Because the Pasuk says, Banim Atem Hashem Elokechem. You know, there's never been a dad who saw, went to PTA, the teacher says, you know what, your kid is a troublemaker, he doesn't stop talking, he got the 75 on his math test. You never saw a father look at the guy next to him with his kid at PTA and say, you know something, your kid got a straight 100, you want to switch? I'll have yours, you have mine. Never been a dad that did that. Never been a dad that says, you know what, I have, I'll trade you for your honor roll, your A, I'll trade you two B's. <laughs> hey, have my son and my daughter, give me the A kid. Right? There's never been a father that did that ever. Right? And the reason is, when you're a father, it's the only relationship in the world that you cannot back out of. If you marry someone, the great love between a husband and wife, but you know what, that relationship can be broken. A person can get divorced. You have a best friend, a relationship between friends, it can go sour. The guy could mess you over. He did something, really upsets you. Well, he's not there for you in your time of need. The friendship sours, it disappears. A business partner, that you did everything with that business partner until one day comes along and you realize, you know what, this is not worth it. I'm carrying this guy the whole time. And you know what, the first chance he got, the guy sold me out. This is not a business partner I want to work with. Those relationships, all of them, they can be dissolved. The one relationship that even if I hate my kid, I can't walk away from, is the title father or the title mother. Boreo Olam is banim atem la Hashem So says the Pasuk, when someone passes away and a person feels vulnerable and they feel alone in the whole world, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, no matter who you are, no matter how you are, I will never leave you. 
You will never be truly alone because I will never leave you. So these extreme forms of, uh, of tearing your hair out or ripping your skin in sadness because the person feels alone. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, don't you know, I'll always be here for you and there won't be anything that you can do that will terminate our relationship, that will make me go away. Rabotai, once we start to see this, we realize and recognize that the way God interacts with us is very much the way we look at our kids. You know, you see your kid, the kid is beating up another kid, you know? What, the other kid says, what a bully, what a horrible child, this kid's messed up in the head, he needs therapy. What does the father say? You know, he's a healthy kid, boys will be boys. Who says boys will be boys? The parent of the bully. <laughs> right, what does the other one say? What boys? Had that as an animal, okay? Do you understand? It's the father's job because he cannot ever separate from his kid. It's a mother's job because she cannot ever separate from her kid to be able to see the most positive sides of their child, to find in them a silver lining, to see even in their negativity something positive. In fact, you know why Amalek is so hated? It's in his name. He took the letters of the word Am, which means the nation of Am Israel when they are low. And the second two letters of his name spell the word Kal. He made light of Am. Amalek is so devastating because when the Jewish people were at a low point, they looked at this nation, Am, and they called it Kal, unimportant, light, not valuable. To make someone feel not valuable when they are low is the worst thing that you could do to them. If I'm strong and you're giving me criticism, I can handle it. But when I'm down, when I'm feeling inferior, when I'm feeling weak, the smallest line could send me sprawling, could send me off a cliff. My friends, that idea of banim atem Nashem elokechem was expressed beautifully by the Baal HaTanya. There was a man in the town of the Baal HaTanya who was a very wealthy man and a very big Torah scholar. And his name was Rabbi Shimuel. He comes to the Baal HaTanya and he sees standing outside the rabbi's door there's a long line. Every person in the town, every homeless guy, every unemployed person, every guy who didn't have a shiduch, every person. Anyway, he waits online with all these people, finally gets in, he gets his chance with the rabbi, and he says, Rabbi, look, I don't mean to say this the wrong way, but, you know, uh, look at these people. You're spending your whole day in the gutter with the people that they, they don't have their life together. This guy's a drunk, and that guy's a gambler, and this guy's, you know, uh, left his wife and children behind, had that don't ever pray, this guy never puts on tefillin. You know, it's your, your time is more valuable than the, than the people who you're giving it to. You need to be more economical with your time, he tells the Baal HaTanya. The Baal HaTanya says, he says, you know, you're absolutely right. I, re I really should. I really should be more discerning. Spend my time with losers. I, I, sh I really should be more discerning. He says, but tell me, uh, how's business? He says, Baruch Hashem, business is very well, booming. He says, uh, could you help me? I know, he says, that you, you're, you sell diamonds. Rabbi Shemuel says, yes. He says, do you have it with you? He says, of course, you know, your diamond that you could carry your whole business in your pocket. So he pulls out a pouch just like this. I have a little, uh, I have a prop for today. 
Uh, this is not a bag of diamonds for all those of you. I'm just nervous. I'm putting this online. I don't want to get mugged on the way home. Right? Okay? This is just the bag I use for the microphone. Okay? So he pulls out his little pouch and he opens up the pouch and he pulls, pours out into the rabbi's hand four diamonds. You know, like this. Anyway, the rabbi says, wow, they're all so shiny, beautiful. He says, uh, if I want to buy one, he goes, how much do they cost? The guy tells him, well, this one is uh, 500 ruble. This one is 5,000 ruble. This one is uh, 10,000. This one's 100,000 ruble. The guy says, 100,000 ruble? He goes, they all look the same. They're all stones. They all came from the earth. They're all polished. They're all diamonds. They all have the same name. What's the difference? This one's 5,000. That one's 100,000. The guy is explaining to him, no, this is D, this is Y, this is this, this is flawless, this is that. He's, he's giving him the whole gemological uh, background. The rabbi's like, yeah, okay, whatever, I guess he, fine. But he goes, but really, I mean, I'm looking. There's no, I can't even tell the difference. You want me to tell me? He says, rabbi, you can't tell the difference. He says, because you don't sell diamonds. You're not an expert in diamonds. He says, you stick to your business and I'll stick to mine. That's what the difference between 5,000 and 100,000. And the rabbi says to him, Rohi, you stick to your business and I'll stick to mine. You collect diamonds, so you know how to tell which diamond is beautiful, which isn't. And the untrained eye can't see the difference between this and this. But you could recognize, even in its raw state, that this thing which is covered in mud, this thing which has not yet been cut, this is going to be a diamond that is as rare as the Hope Diamond. You could tell in its virgin state what it will be like when it gets to its perfected state. He says, I collect Jews. And when I see this guy who is an Amaaretz, I know that the only reason why he's an Amaaretz, he hasn't learned anything yet, is because no one took the time to give him a little bit of the sweetness of Torah. No one ever spoke to him in a language that he understands or she understands. That's why they are the way they are. But underneath, if I polish, if I cut, if I shine, there's something here incredibly rare. If Bore Olam says, Ahavti etchem amar Hashem, God says, I loved you, I love the Jewish people. Ve'em ha-melech ohe'ohavochinam. The king, he doesn't love his servants, he doesn't love his people for nothing. If he had a son, if he had a daughter and he loves them, there's something about that person that God in heaven, an infinite being who has access to everything on earth, loves and you might see an angry bitter cynical teenager but Boreo Olam says I see what she's gonna be like as a mother this woman is going to be exceptional in leading the community in the way that she starts chesed organizations in the company that she's gonna build in encouraging other women to be able to find uh, their passions in life etc I see in this recalcitrant boy that everyone else is seeing only a drug dealer I see a kid that's resourceful that will figure out his way if someone took the time to pay attention to him when someone dies don't mourn excessively but I see in this pasuk, my friends, something even more special than that. Because it's not just people that die and people that are mourned. Relationships die. And those relationships are mourned. Opportunities die. And those opportunities are mourned. Borei Olam says, if you lose something, and who in the world has not lost something? Don't cry over yesterday. Don't be sad about what was. Be happy about what could be. 
Recognize, Banim Atem, Lashem Elokechem. You are literally the sons and the daughters of Hakadosh Baruchu. You have limitless potential. You have a, you know about that song, You've got a friend in me. You've got a friend in Bore Olam. Your best friend has all the Ferraris and all the money and all the yachts and all the private jets. Your friend has the cures to every disease. Your friend has every business opportunity. Your friend has the solution to every mental health issue. And he loves you. And what does it take to get that from God? But to request it. But to come to God and say, remember we're friends? There's something I need from you. In which case, excessive mourning, excessive sadness, depression, it's not something that you, it's not a path you need to go down to. You need to go down, says HaKadosh Baruch Hu. May Hashem bless us to always be able to see uh, the royalty that flows in our uh, veins. May Hashem bless us always to see the blessings of He who loves us uh, more than we love ourselves. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen ve